All right, welcome back to Inside Flicks, everybody. Uh, this is a movie discussion podcast where we talk about everything in the world of movies and television. My name is Mike, and like always, I'm here with Richard and Raymond. Uh, we are three brothers who grew up on movies and television, and we like to get together on a weekly basis to talk about some of the headlines, some of the stories, and some of the just things that we have watched recently. Uh, let's get to the headlines because, uh, or let's get to the the box office. Uh, Bob Marley biopic was number one, uh, surpassing people's uh, expectations. Mm-hmm. It beat out Madam Web, which opened modestly or actually poorly. Uh, but Rich, you got the exact numbers for the for the. It's it's a strange because it was a <laughs> President's Day weekend. It was also open on Valentine's Day, but mm-hmm. I think you got the four day weekend total. Yeah, I had the President's Day weekend, which is the four days, the 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th of February. Uh, the number one film, like you said, is Bob Marley, One Love with $33.6 million. Coming in number two is Madam Webb with $17.8 million. Number three is Argyle with $5.8 million. Number four is Migration with $5.3 million. And around the top five is Wonka with $4.6 million. Uh, did Lisa Frankenstein just totally uh, and- went away? <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, it, it lost a bunch of screens, but um, it came in number nine. Oh, yeah. So, so it's basically gone. No, it, it it only lost one screen, right? It just, no one came back. I guess so. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the hope was that, that it will hold a little bit, a little bit longer, you know, because it wasn't that big of a budget, but it seems like. And plus it was, you know, on Valentine's Day weekend, technically. Yeah. Yeah. Saying. So I guess it did just, that didn't help. That didn't help. No one really cares about Lisa Frankenstein. Same goes with uh, Madam Web. No one really was a big fan of Madam Web. It, it, look, uh, uh, you know, working to to the release of this film, uh, it, it had a lot of bad buzz. The initial reviews were pretty poorly. Uh, the trailer was pretty shitty. Everyone knew yeah. this was going to be a, a dumpster fire, and it turned out. Yeah, to when, be they say, absolutely when they say when they say when they say there's no such thing as. Um, uh, <laughs> good, good bad, uh, bad publicity, bad publicity, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't apply to this movie for sure. Yeah, but all of that actually kind of makes me sad that um, Madam Web was actually able to make as much as it did. Right? Because I thought uh, I thought Bob Marley was going to like triple Madam Web and only kind of doubled it. And I know that's still very good for Bob Marley because you know Bob Marley, to be honest, didn't look like the the best biopic either. Right. But but still, like Madame Web just looked like one of like the worst comic book <laughs> movies ever made, and to see it uh, even come in with fifteen million and uh, you know Valentine's weekend total of twenty three point five million, to me that's still shocking. Like I I, I yeah. would I'm still I'm disappointed in America for coming out to even <laughs> helping this movie make as much as it did. Yeah, why do you think they still have a, a you know like a, a there's a strong fan base there even though for the shittiest comic movies that that people are willing to go even though after weeks of bad press even even a like a really horrible promotional uh, campaign I mean uh, Here, Dakota, here's a question yeah here's a question do you think it's actually like really like people like us. Like people that you know do podcasts and YouTube channels and, <laughs> and stuff they, like that, and they need to comment they on want, it. <laughs> yeah, is that, do you think? Do you, how much of that is is that? Because it's got to be at least half of it, right? <laughs> well, I guess. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people. I don't think they. I don't think they showed this movie to critics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like the final day, whatever. Well, I, I don't think. Uh, a, but, um, 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who are going to hate watch it. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I mean, mean, that's got to be like half of it, right? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Maybe it's, it's just like people wanted to go to the movie theaters and they see, uh, you know, oh, Sony, Marvel. Let me just check this out. Maybe I, maybe they're unaware of the kind of the bad publicity surrounding it. I mean, Dakota Johnson was on this promotional tour for a long, for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. And I thought she basically pretty... trashed the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought she did terribly. I think she. It, it was kind of quite obvious, like she did not care about this movie. And she even... shouldn't. And she shouldn't. Right. I mean, she. It was quite obviously she did all this... those reports that all those reports have been going around about how she fired her agent the yes, trailer yeah. the day the trailer came out. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, I mean, and at one point Sony tried to shift it, shifted it towards uh, Cindy or who was her name? Uh, Cindy Sweeney. Yeah, Cindy. Yeah, Cindy Sweeney, Sweeney, who's actually you know having a good good run with uh, Anthony but you and other Sony products. And and she's you know promoting this very positively, right. pretending it's a good movie. <laughs> but it's a turkey. I mean, I don't know. You can't put lipstick on a pig. I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. And <laughs> and it it sucks. It sucks because like I know we're talking like box office right now, but yeah. th- this past week, you know, I finally picked up the Spider-Man two video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I've been playing it. I just beat it last night and it sucks so much. Cause I guess minor spoiler alert for the Spider-Man two video game. It has happens like in the first half of the game, but mm-hmm. in the game, uh, Venom and Kratom uh, Venom and, um, and Craven get in this big, you know, kind of like wild, uh, manhunt fight <laughs> that kind of takes over this whole city. And it ends up like very brutally with like, um, Venom, like, you know, ripping Cra- Craven's heart out and like eating it. And it's like, and it's like, man, this is like what we wanted from the movies. <laughs> right. You know why we wanted like R rated, like Craven versus, uh, Venom, you know, maybe versus Morbius also. And it's like, why do they do it in the video game? And instead for the movies, we get Madam Web. Yeah, and well, it's totally different, right? I mean, I think the video games have t- totally different people and creative teams behind those, uh, you know, projects. Where Madam Web is, is much more geared towards a four quadrant uh, audience. You know, he has to please the comic book fans. You have to please women. You have to please the, you know, uh, but Craven's going to be Day. an R-rated movie. <laughs> Cra- the Craven, the Craven movies that that's coming out, that's going to be an R-rated movie. Yeah. Oh shit! That doesn't. That looks like terrible. That look, that looks equally well, terrible as Madam Web. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I beg to differ because Madam Web is obviously uh, aimed towards women, and it would open up on Valentine's Day weekend. Right. Thinking that would be, uh, you know, good enough to to bring in women, but right. obviously the women didn't give a shit about this movie because they didn't. Uh, I mean, they were smart. I mean, uh, the 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 polls came out that it was mainly men. Right. Uh, as as most comic book movies are anyway. Right. Yeah, so, I know. Um, I know. I think Craven will have like much more better opening uh, than Madame Well because it's not aimed towards women at all. Well, I, do, I wouldn't think. But it's but the quality must be the as just as horrible, right? I mean, I do, even that trailer. That trailer was pretty terrible as well. Um, uh, not as bad as Madame Web. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a. He, I, I, remember I agree. I, I mean, I think the Craven trailer was pretty bad, but. <laughs> Not Madam Web levels of bash, and I, I like I like Triple Frontier. Uh, no, I'm hoping the director is a Triple Frontier. What J.C. Candor? Is that his name? Chandor, yeah. Chandor. 
Yeah, we'll bring we'll bring something to the movie. I don't know. I I think it's hard for any director to bring anything. I think uh, S. J. Clarkson, who's the director uh, behind Madam Web, was in a tough spot, but she also is part of the blame of this why why this movie failed. Uh, I think she. It, I mean, it's really odd that she was even given this kind of project because she's really just a television director and not really a, a acclaimed television director. She has done some melodramatic. I mean, I think her. Her 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 work on a uh, Netflix series called Scandal, I think it was called, was was Anatomy of Scandal. Anatomy of the Scandal, which was had terrible reviews. So it was, she was just kind of lucky that she was able to get a project, a big project like this, and you know she dropped the ball. I don't think she will ever work again. Uh, well, I mean, uh, with a big project like this again. And, no, she'll be going back to TV. Yeah, sure. and that's where probably she she deserves to be in television. Not that the, yeah. you know, nowadays television is actually a better better uh, landscape. And yeah, uh, and, and as far as directing goes, once I mean, unless you 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 know direct the pilot and uh, are overseeing the the series itself, mm-hmm. um, it's it's much more easier to uh, fill in shoes. For a week, you know, that's our, on an established show right, already. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, and she's probably much better at the, the kind of daily, uh, you know, the daily uh, duties of, of a director. Where you know, for film, you have to kind of oversee the bigger picture and what what's the intention and really, you know, work well, on that. And I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I don't well, want to totally well, blame well, it on her. Well, because also it, right. Well, also, you know, to be fair, like yeah, just based off what we've heard about the script from Madam Web, I don't think anybody could have turned this into right. a good movie. Right. Yeah, it is from the same writers as Morbius. So I mean, uh, and, a t- so and she, other, she, co- she, yeah, other terrible movies too. So yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it, it's not just Morbius. Morbius is actually one of their better movies, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they did a. Ter- it's like a whole list of terrible movies. But she she is getting credited as being, I think, a, a writer in this um uh, this film also. So, but I mean, you I have mean, the whole. Ca- I mean, look, we haven't seen the movie. I can't tell. I'm I'm just kind of going by the reviews and the reactions of the film, and everyone's pretty much universally have been saying that this is not just a horrible movie, but really a, a complete disaster of a film. Yeah. I think it's got so much good news. I mean, bad news, whatever. That's 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 it isn't in the ether, and once it does hit Netflix, it might be a big hit on Netflix. <laughs> Just maybe. for people who have yeah. to like have, have to see it, yeah. who finally has to see it by for themselves. I think I will. Yeah, watch, uh, I'll probably watch it on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least the first ten minutes or something, and say, "Oh, this is a dog shit." You know? <laughs> no, I'll definitely watch the entire thing on Netflix just to hate watch it. I'll probably watch it with you guys. <laughs> but um, Madam Web is from the same screenwriters of Morbius, yeah. Power Rangers, oh, yeah. Gods of Egypt, okay. The Last Witch Hunter, and Dracula Untold. But S.J. Clarkson is actually known to be Dracula, a writer too. Dracula Untold is actually a pretty good movie. <laughs> I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, well, you know what? I thought Power Rangers was watchable enough. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's up to the director to take over. I mean, once the I mean, once they you know get hired for the job, it's likely that they're they they got the option to go ahead and go through that because it's obviously a shitty script. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was poisoned by from the very beginning. I think uh, no, one, no one really cared about this project. No, no I mean, it was I a, mean it, it's it, a terrible uh, character to begin with. I right, Madam <laughs> Web. I mean, uh, as first it, of all, in the comic book, she's an old woman or whatever. That's yeah. the most popular version of the character. Yeah. Um. So. Well, that's why they uh, made it a prequel in two thousand three, right? Because um, right. right in two thousand three, she's you know 
still young and now in the present day she's with glasses and the wheelchair <laughs> yeah I, I I guess suppose supposedly the credits say and, and they say in the in the credits of the movie we see her like in the wheelchair with glasses. Oh, so we get a glimpse <laughs> of the future, uh, Madam Web. Yeah, but I mean a yeah. lot of, a lot of the critics have been saying that it does not have that kind of typical comic book action. It's much more of kind of a thriller, and maybe that's the problem. Like it it, it maybe because you know they didn't want to tie in with other properties that. Uh, uh, that they, they cut a lot of things out, like all the comic stuff. What well, doesn't matter anyway. I mean, the, the movie is 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 what it is. Um, yeah, I feel bad for uh, Tahir Rahim, who's getting a, a shitload of hate for this movie because <laughs> this guy is a great actor. He starred in A Prophet and the, right. the Mortarian. He's the um, villain. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the villain, villain. Madam Web. Oh. Um, yeah, every, everyone's shitting on his performance. Yeah, and it, I don't I don't blame him at all. I mean, uh, it's. I blame Mike Epps. <laughs> well, everyone's and saying Adam, Mike Adam Epps Scott. is actually the best part of the movie. I know, I know, I know. But once you see he's on the film, and go, oh, no. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't have the great taste of, of, of starring in movies. Uh, Adam Scott also, he's he's hurting too. I mean, he doesn't really have great taste of, like, picking projects as well. No. Nah. Yeah, and for if, and for some reason, like, those are the two actors everyone are saying are actually, like, the saving graces of the movie. <laughs> Adam Scott and um, Mike, uh, Epps. Mike Epps. Yeah, and they're saying that surprisingly, they're not even in funny roles. They're just in, in serious roles, but they're the only ones that feel like real characters. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I think the project itself, because it's so terrible, I think a lot of people are going to be... I think a lot of people are going to be, you know, be uh, given a free pass. I think the Dakota Johnson, I don't think she's ever going to get like another kind of big time franchise like this or like, like a, like a comic book franchise, but I think she's going to end up being okay uh, afterwards. And I think all the other, other actresses in the movie will probably be fine as well. Uh, I, I Let me ask you about this, you know, cause this is a Sony Marvel production or project. Is it, I wonder if, you know, to me, Metal Whip is like kind of a sign of, of, of just the rot of of comic movies in, in, in nowadays, but I think a lot yeah. of people are com- just pl- complaining or or, or staring their their or directing their 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 anger towards Sony and not necessarily not necessarily Marvel. Is that fair or is that you know more correct or, or what's your thoughts on that? I think it's a little of both because I think people are definitely pointing anger at marvel like people like me yeah but right now there's so much goodwill because of the deadpool trailer yeah yeah that that it's just kind of cooled down a whole lot but there's still a lot of people like me and uh, a lot of people online that are still like not necessarily convinced that deadpool 3 is going to be the the savior that a lot of people think it is and even if it even it is as good even if deadpool 3 is good that doesn't mean that everything that comes after is going to be good because right. you know, well, yeah. all I, these movies have been being rewritten and rewritten a million times over, and you know it's not a good sign. Yeah, and the the movie itself is um, produced by Lorenzo de Bonaventura, uh, who's a, a huge a huge producer, mm-hmm. but he's a huge producer of mostly shit movies. I mean, there's he's obviously one of those producers that will never get his. his um, uh, get his name mentioned in uh, in Best Picture in, uh, in no. Oscar. He's a Transformers guy. Mm-hmm. He's doing Deadpool three. No, no, he's, he's do, he, he did Madam Web. Madam Web. Oh, okay, okay. 
but he's he's yeah he's best known for the uh he picked up the transformers yeah he's a terrible producer <laughs> um um the well here's the thing i think because the disaster of madam web i think that's gonna, ultimately it's going to help uh Deadpool and wolverine once that come out even if that movie kind of disappoints people they got a, a, a comic book movie to point to saying well at least it's not as bad as that and so i think uh, i think this helps marvel or, or helps at least with the the deadpool sequel a lot more and uh craven comes out after deadpool right this, i know i think it comes I out later this in september or something like that this year i'm not sure when it comes out but i think once we get to craven and i'm, I'm sure that's not gonna be any good i mean i'm you know i'm just assuming but I think ultimately that's also going to well, help Marvel with their movies, their movies that come out after, after you know, for next year. Because now they could point to at least we're not as bad as the Sony pictures. Well, those aren't the only movies we're getting this year. We're also getting Venom three. Oh, really? Okay. Huh. Well, here's the thing: if 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 is Deadpool, Deadpool and Wolverine is that rated R? Yeah. Or do we not not know yet? It's rated R. No, you think? Suppose, it's rated R. Yeah. Okay, let's say if Deadpool three is a big hit, and then you got the Joker, which com- comes out later this year, and that's going to be a big hit, and that's got to be a rated R movie too. Hopefully, there's going to be a new interest in saying, "Well, here's some successful comic book movies, and they're rated R, and they're geared for older audiences, and they're geared for like uh, people who are a bunch more, you know, wants more of the the boundaries pushing stuff." Holy shit! Let's take it back to the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe, um, but hopefully the the conversation around the, when those movies come out is like let's stop making movies like Madam Web or Craven, and let's more focus on on pushing the the genre into you know more, uh, more sophisticated or at least at least more yeah. edgy edgy. You know, let's b- finally limits. make the let's finally make the reboot of the Crow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. No, that's done. <laughs> Oh, is it? Yeah, I think that's... let's finally release it. <laughs> yes, that, that's the point. Um... I don't know. I hopefully, hopefully, that's the conversation. Unless, unless the conversation just becomes, oh, look, this is what Marvel has done, and they and so or Sony, it becomes more of this rift between Sony and Marvel or whatever. And supposedly, I don't know if it's true, but supposedly, Blade is going to be rated R. That'd be cool, but I don't know. I don't. To me, I don't have any really faith in any of these movies that are coming out because. Like I said, I think the bloat and in the in in the comic book genre and the comic book movie world, it's just so rotten at at this point. If for me, it feels like what the slasher films were in the eighties and nineties, where it just becomes too much, oversaturated, and now it's like they have lost their way. No, but but actually, I'm I think you're actually onto something when you were you with what you were kind of saying about like R-rated comic book movies. Mm-hmm. I think if all these movies succeed. If like uh, Deadpool three succeeds, and I think if uh, Joker two succeeds, and they're like you know billion dollar movies, yeah. And let's say Venom three, mm. and uh, Ven and uh, and uh, what is it? Uh, what's the other Cra- Sony movie? Craven. Craven. Let's say uh, Craven is a, a moderate hit. I guess like it's not an embarrassment. Let's just say it's not an embarrassment, but it's not a hit either. Mm-hmm. And um, and let's say uh. Venom three is a complete bomb, uh-huh. but it's PG, but it's PG thirteen. Right. Let's say that maybe the whole the the whole new thing is well. Let's just make R rated comic book movies, and let's just see, let's just hope that the R rated comic book movies are are 
done by people that are actually that actually care. Like let's like like the whole focus of like let's just make movies for everyone and you right. know make them as safe as possible. Maybe right. that will go away, and the thing will just be like, well, let's just be true to these characters. That'd be perfect. That would that would be like for me. That would be the perfect. A result of this year after these these comic movies come out and if but that probably won't be the result the result probably would be like let's just make them violent to be violent i don't know maybe yeah i mean it, it'll always be pg-13 i mean more focused it, the, uh, the, the bigger the budget i mean the, the bigger it's going to be pg-13 mm. um but you will have you know those 100 million budget uh comic movies like kick ass which will be you know uh radar mm. It all depends on the budget. Yeah, yeah. If it's over, if it's if it's two hundred or more, it's definitely PG thirteen. Oh, let's talk a little bit about Bob Marley, the biopic, and, and you know the the the, re, the reviews of that movie haven't been that great. It's mixed, although I think it's you know it's ex, it's acceptable. I guess some say that you know it's 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 fine. It's mm-hmm. but it's not really a great biopic. But it doesn't matter. It was a big hit. Uh, it, to me, it really felt like a, the Bohemian Rhapsody of it all. It felt like people were, because of, uh, the Queen was a, you know, an older band. People were in, younger audience were not really familiar with the story, or even maybe not even familiar with the music. And they went to the movie to really get that experience. I think the same thing happened here with Bob Marley. So, what is the the kind of the What's your feelings about the musical biopic right now? Because that seems like the the next hot property. We're getting yeah. a couple uh, music biopics in the works right now. Well, what's your What's your feelings about just you know Bob Marley? Well, unlike um, unlike Madam Web, um, uh, the writer behind uh, this movie is uh, Terrence Winter. Ooh, oh, was it uh, interesting? So, yeah. So, I mean, Terrence so, Winter wrote the Bob Marley movie. He did the first script, yeah, and then uh, there was some more names attached to it. But um, um, so and this this is also directed by King Richard director Renato Marcus Green, who's got a another hit on his on his belt. I yeah, mean, uh, good for him. Yeah, and uh, I I literally I really like Kingsley Ben Benadir, mm-hmm. who was mostly mostly recently in uh, Barbie for uh, half a, a second, yeah. Role. yeah. But I really liked him as Malcolm X in One Night in Miami. Right. Yeah. Um. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought he deserved an Oscar nomination in that. I didn't, I didn't realize that was the same actor. Yeah, he he's was also actor. in Secret <laughs> Invasion, which is he was also in Secret Invasion, which wasn't very well received. Career. But yeah, everyone, Marley, everyone, just, everyone says he was horrible in Secret Invasion. Yeah, but um, obviously in this one, it's it's a, a great boost for him. And uh, the only bad, the really bad thing that I heard about this film is that it's it's hard to understand because they're all with the Jamaican accents. <laughs> hey, it's authentic though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just going to be one of those movies that's going to be much better when you're able to rent it at home and put on the subtitles. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I actually, I'm actually, I want to see Bob Marley in theaters, and mm-hmm. it um, and seeing the numbers online, it's actually still doing, doing still doing really well day to day. It says on Monday it made five million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure you know today. Today's Tuesday, uh, Discount Tuesday. It probably, it probably made a ton. I imagine it probably made like maybe like eight thousand today or something, or eight million, I should say. Oh, I don't know about and, that. It's still a weekday. No, but, but Tuesday, man, it's going to be double the previous day. No, but President's Day was Monday. Ah, good point. I didn't <laughs> <realize that. laughs> um. 
but yeah, this is a, it seems to be a typical biopic where, well, especially a biopic that's, um, that's, um, uh, cleared by their, fa the family themselves. Right, right. So I would say this is going to be similar to, um, the Michael Jackson one. That yes, that, well, that's and also the fact that that this movie is doing so well uh, financially. Um, there's an Amy Winehouse mm. uh, biopic that's coming out later this year, and that's going to be well, that's going to be a hot property, I guess. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. certainly in in the UK, Amy Winehouse is a big big star. She is here too, and I, I'm, I'm that and Amy. I mean, that's going to be interesting because Amy Winehouse is still a young, you know, that was only a couple maybe a decade ago her rise so the, the her story is still new where bob marley it seems like the audiences who went to go see the bob, bob marley movie might not know who the the, the history or the, even the music and i think maybe they went to see this film just to get to know this music i mean maybe that's the new way to to rediscover music or discover music for the first time is going through movies because back in our day well, it was well, about, I think, about uh, I, radio but now maybe now it's just going to a biopic i think uh, that's all a lot of people discovered queen and Nelton mm -hmm. john mm -hmm. yeah oh. exactly exactly the, the first surprise they're going to get is that once they go see this movie is go oh this pro this is produced by brad pitt <laughs> <laughs> well he, he i think he loves ganja <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> but uh, um yeah, I think that's the. Th I think that's what. I think we should look at at music biopics as maybe the new big uh, genre that's going to break out uh, this year and and next year because there's a couple big uh, projects in the in the in the works right now. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a, I'm okay with that, man. Uh, as long as they're good, uh, even if this one's not perfect, mm -hmm. um, I'm 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 everyone is saying that it does a lot right, mm -hmm. and yeah, that's good with me. Yeah. Uh, I'll, ch I'll I'll check it out eventually. Uh, hope it's good, um, and I'm glad that hopefully. Uh, well, I'm not glad, but hopefully, uh, so Sony takes the right lesson, and we never get a Madam Web ever again. <laughs> okay, uh, let's get into some of the headlines here. Uh, let's talk about speaking of um, of Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day, Marvel officially announced the cast of Fantastic Four. Peter Pascal, mm -hmm. Vanessa Kirby, Joseph Quinn from uh, Stranger Things, and Ebon Moss Bacharach from The Bear. They are officially the cast of Fantastic Four. What, what's your thoughts on, on this uh, announcement? Okay. okay, well, I'll go first really quick. Okay. Just because uh, I have to say that this was the most boring and <laughs> underwhelming news I've ever heard in my entire life. This is what everyone online has been predicting for, I think, two months. Yeah, but longer, and I think, yeah. Maybe longer because I haven't. Look, I should also add I haven't even been paying attention to movie news. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of given up on modern day movies. I've just been watching like movies from the past these past like half year. <laughs> I, 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 you can almost say I, I hate modern day movies now. So I haven't been paying attention to news at all. And even I knew this months ago. <laughs> so I, I don't understand how. They made a big announcement about this. This was this is complete, you know, a waste of time. Uh, what what a waste. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, 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 well, the announcement was kind of look. It, it was just a poster image, and it looked like kind of a Valentine's in the style. It was of a, a cool poster. Yeah, I thought it was cool. But, yeah, I but mean, it was. Like, but, who, but it's in the It's in it's in the style of a Valentine's uh, card. Um, yeah, this is kind of weird. I, I like you were saying. This is kind of the the 
like kind of uh, wasn't this was not a secret at all. People predicted this cast for a long time, and it has leaked out, and people were kind of reporting on on this cast. So I don't know. Actually, I'm not really. When I heard it, I'm like, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> Rich, what's your thoughts on the Fantastic Four? Are you even like excited about Fantastic Four? Well, I was pleased to see that it, it will be based in the um the uh, 1960s, whatever. And so that's 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 that the direction. Nice. I, that was yeah. the direction that I was hoping they were going to take it to. Um, but yeah, I mean Pedro Pascal, and uh, the, I mean once I heard his name and um. I, I I go okay. I know what they're doing with this. They're they're just going for a money grab, another money grab. <laughs> so you're saying that Peter Pascal is miscast? Well, if you're going traditional, yeah. Mm. I mean, tradi- traditional according to the comics, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, they might as well go with Denzel with. Or Doctor Doom. I mean, well, that'd be cool. I, I, well, 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 you know, I mean, that's that's the name I, we, we that was been been called out for right. uh, a long time too. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just it's just um, it, I I like that it's 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 actually getting developed, and, and it's most likely since they announced the cast, that means they are going to start uh, filming, and they have to start filming because these these effects aren't going to be very special if they if they do <laughs> if they do decide to keep this uh, release date, they have to start filming soon. Well, speaking, of, you know, you you were talking about Doctor Doom. There was also another story that came out afterwards about Henry Cavill. That he is, a, mm. I don't know, is it rumored or is it official? It's still rumored. Okay, it's still so, rumored. so he's, it's rumored that he has joined the MCU. The rumor is that he's going to be playing Doctor Doom. I, we, we don't know yet. It could be, could be something else. It could be another project. Um, yeah, he's a I good mean, choice. He would, I, I, is there too much stock for Henry Cavill, especially after Argyle? And granted, Argyle no, is not his, no, not his, pro, not his film, but. No, because I don't think uh, I think if they cast him as Doctor Doom, they're actually using him just right. Because because mm. it's a great showcase for him. It's a great showcase for what a great actor he can be in in, in the right role. Mm. But also, he's not you know the face of the franchise. I don't think they're going to start off like with what Marvel was trying to do in the past with um with uh, Noah Hawley's Doctor Doom standalone movie. Mm. I don't think that's the direction they're going to go. He's just going to be the villain in the movie. I imagine in the first film, he's going to probably have very brief appearances. Mm. And um, that yeah, that's the right way to go. I think um, I think they're doing it right. Yeah. And also, and also the, the thing that excited Rich about the, the whole uh, kind of 1960s setting, like I like that too, but... I don't think that was a surprise either. That's been rumored for months, also. Uh, yeah, but it, it, that's kind of, those kind of rumors are, um, are easily changed uh, by the studio. I mean, the time setting. Yeah, and, and no, that's true. But I'm just saying, like, nothing about this surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, even uh, we, I know the, the 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 poster image looked like there was a '60s or or, or not even. Um, no, older. it's basically confirmed that they're they're, they're going to be starting with the yeah the, yeah the, yeah. I the, mean, but there could be like a time the, jump. The, they could be stuck in the space for a long time or something like that. No, it's going to be um, how it is in the comic books. The mm-hmm. okay, the um, first family of comics or first the first fan of fuck I forget what it's called <laughs> the, the the first, first Marvel family. Yeah, the Mar- Marvel Marvel's first family. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
but they were they were stuck in space for a while, or what? What was the problem? I don't, I don't know the exact uh, history of Fantastic Four. No, they're four, um, uh, 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 four um, astronauts that get uh, get mm-hmm. launched in, in uh, on a shuttle and gets exposed to radiation. Right. So you think yeah. the whole movie is going to be stuck in the in the in the fifties, sixties? No. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. and then oh, by yeah. the end they're going to be. Um, There'll be some kind of a vanishing for them, and they'll probably t- t- turn up in Secret Wars. Oh, interesting. Uh, I I thought for sure that it'll be maybe a side. Maybe it starts out in the fifties, and then there'll be a time jump, and and you know they they went to some quantum leap or whatever in time continuum. No, I think <laughs> what, what if uh what if the whole movie's in the sixties, and then they make a sequel, and the sequel is basically just a. Uh, a remake of Planet of the Apes, but they just end up in the MCU, and they're like, "You maniacs! What have you done? You ruined it all." Well, I mean, I think Richard had a really good, um, uh, you know, uh, point or, uh, or prediction that 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 Deadpool Wolverine will have Deadpool just kind of fixing the MCU, going back into uh, other films and try to re- you know put pieces all back together. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's, you know, maybe Fantastic Four will have an appearance in that movie, or you know, whatever Easter egg. And do you, do you think it'd be Chris Evans as uh, Johnny Storm? Oh, I I didn't. Maybe, maybe. No, he was supposed to cameo in Deadpool too. Oh, and Deadpool. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe. Deadpool. Maybe, and then 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 you know, Deadpool fixes that. You know, the race that part of it and then changes the timeline i don't know <laughs> these movies getting so convoluted <laughs> like i i like i get yeah. like i i kind of not I don't, I, we, we don't care we yeah. don't care we just want to we just want to watch deadpool 3 for the laughs and that's it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i really i really thought that uh after finally watching oppenheimer last week or whatever mm-hmm. um that uh josh Hutz josh Hartnett would have been uh, one of the names that the for Fantastic for, for Mister Fantastic, Reed. yeah, Reed, yeah, Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. That, that would be a really good choice, huh? Yeah. But he's also that age. He's inter- it's yeah. interesting because I think he lives mostly in in England, so maybe that mm-hmm. was part of it. That you know he's not always offered these roles because he he's not you know he doesn't live here in the U.S. and then he, you know, but I don't know. Maybe he's just what, maybe he let, he let his visa expire. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Maybe he's he's. I think he's a really great actor. So I I don't know why he doesn't get uh you know offered some of these bigger parts. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, let's get let's jump into our, um other headlines. You know, we were talking about musical musical biopics. There were a couple two big um uh, announcements. Uh, Rid- Ridley Scott is set to direct the Bee Gees biopic. Um. And also Sam Mendes, this is just recently, he is going to direct a series of four films about the Beatles. Now, we were saying, musical biopics, that's going to be the new kind of genre. And now you got two major uh, directors tackling this, 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 you know, genre. Uh, so what's your thoughts on the Beatles biopic and also this four films about the Beatles? Or, I mean, Bee Gees biopic and these four films about the Beatles. That's a big commitment. For the four picks. I know. Yeah, I know. Are they each covering like a different decade or a different album? Or I think they're gonna be more focused on the, each each Beatle. 
Wow, that's stupid. <laughs> I like my idea more where they covered like a different decade or a different album. Like you can make a whole album about how like when they first like first came to America for the first time, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a whole movie right there. And then you could do a whole movie with like their whole uh, hippie phase and then Yeah. You could do a whole movie with the the breakup and uh, a whole movie with them on on the on the rooftop <laughs> yeah and, uh, up till john's murder yeah yeah according to the report it is going to be based on the on each perspective perspective of the different band members so yeah i don't yeah. like that idea at all so who's going to be number budget. one is it going to be paul mccartney or john L- lennon the first one and is ringo is going to be the last movie <laughs> Who's going to see a Ringo movie? <laughs> well, is it going to be with the same cast in all four movies? And yeah, are they going to are I they going to are yeah. they going to be in this in the same locations? Or is each film going to be, like is it going to be a mixture of my idea and their idea where each film is going to be a different decade? Yes, that's this sounds terrible. I don't like that uh, it, idea. It, I don't I don't like it either. But as a miniseries, it sounds more intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, someone has to deal with the death of John Lennon. So who's gonna who? What eyes is gonna you know? How are they gonna tell that through what what uh, band member? Unless it, unless mm. they just don't tell that part of the story. Oh well, that's a major part of the story. Yeah. Are they gonna tell that well, through not, Yoko not, Ono's not, eyes? Yeah. <laughs> Not if you tell the not if not if you tell the story everything up until when they broke up. Uh, that'd be interesting. Which I don't know if you need four films to really uh, cover the Beatles. I think the you, I'm 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 starting to warm up more to the idea. <laughs> the more we talk about it, I just don't I just don't know if I like it as four movies because when I think of it as four movies and uh, who wants to do this? Uh, Sam Mendes. Oh, okay. It's not Peter Jackson. Okay, it should Sam be. Mendes... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's pissed what? off right now. <laughs> okay, Sam Mendes at least gives me a bit more like ease. Uh-huh. If it's George... if it's Peter Jackson, he's gonna want to make them three four hour movies each. That's true. Yeah, and that and that and that makes me want to like kill myself. <laughs> Sam Mendes, I can see maybe doing two hour movies each, and that's more. All right, I I can I can get on board with that. Peter Jackson four hours. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And then he's going to throw in the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit in there. <laughs> yeah, the, the extended cuts. Yeah, the extended cuts. The wedding. Is this going to be Apple shop. movies? Since they own the music? This is going to be Sony Pictures, or for Sony Pictures, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be a you know, a deal with Apple because Apple does own, it's, mm-hmm. it's Apple Core or whatever, or their 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 connection with Apple or whatever, but yeah. Well, they did, they did yesterday for, for Universal, so they have to have some type of... Um, you know, dealings with studios, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Apple or whatever. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know if this is a great idea and I don't know. If, I mean, look, the Beatles is probably the one. Of the look, it's either, rock it's either, it's either one of the greatest musical biopic ideas ever mm-hmm. or the worst, <laughs> yeah. you know? What I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely daring. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if you really think about it, the Beatles weren't that together for that long. So I don't, you know, um, they had only a couple major. You know, like what? How many albums did they have? Not that many. Not that many before they broke up. 
No, but that's why I think it can make it more interesting way if you, if you cover specific parts of their lives and if you cover cover specific perspectives because like in at one point they could have felt a certain way and then you know and, and when they made another album maybe that perspective shifted a little bit and maybe it was Ringo that was the more um uh um I don't know seizing control <laughs> <or whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so I mean, I, I I could see I could see it working, and I could see it not working. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think uh, they would want the two surviving Beatles to be in the film. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, for promotion. Mm-hmm. So I think they might start with Ringo first, or Paul, <laughs> uh, or Paul. No, they would start with Paul. Paul, yeah. Well, but maybe out of respect, they would start with Je- with John, right? Hmm. I don't know. I hope out of respect, Ringo would understand to put make him last. <laughs> <laughs> but is this is this film supposed to be all in um like uh, like uh, within a uh, two years or something? No, I don't think so. I think it's supposed to cover a whole decades worth of, of their their life. No, no, the shooting and, and releasing. Oh, I I have no idea. I don't mm. know. I mean, it's to me, it really feels like more of a TV series. Uh, but yeah. they're they're, you know, I guess maybe they'll they'll shoot. Oh no, the whole it says thing. right here all four films theatrically in twenty twenty seven. Interesting. So every, yeah. So <clears throat> interesting. I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I like that idea. I like them kind of more released more like a year apart. But Sam Mendes wanted to get the fuck out. <laughs> he wants to do another James Bond movie, probably. <laughs> <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's no, weird. you 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 can you can make them back to back. I mean, right. just release them mm. a, a year apart, or do like the Matrix. Yeah. Didn't they do it like uh, six months apart? The the sequels. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was pretty. It was pretty close. I mean, it wasn't a complete year apart. I don't know. Um. Anyway, Beatles biopic. In the works, we'll see. And the other, the other biopic was Bee Gees. The Bee Gees by by R- Ridley Scott. Mm-hmm. Okay, well that could be pretty interesting because the only part about the Bee Gees that interests me is you know Saturday Night Fever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but oh, you uh, mean oh, okay? I'm sorry. No, yeah, <laughs> the ma- right the right making right. of Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, yeah, but uh, they also had a whole career way before that, right? That I know nothing about. Yeah, they were great. Um, uh, at least Barry was a great uh, um, writer. Yeah, they started. So that can that can started, be fascinating. I I think they've started very young. I think they were like kind of a, a oh yeah, um, like a boys band. I'm mean, not boys band, but like like kind of a folk boys band. You know, like a family band. Yeah, I'm sure. And like in uh, um, in Australia, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could be a pretty fascinating story that if 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 they choose to tell like their whole story from beginning to end. Kind of like a not in subject matter, but kind of like an um, American gangster. You know how with how that told such a huge long story, uh-huh. uh, such an epic tale, and if they could kind of do that with this band and kind of you know start from the beginning and with their rise and fall and then rise again, that could be pretty interesting. I don't yeah. know if I really trust Ridley Scott now to do it, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, yeah, it's, 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 it, it starts with their, you know, be, uh, their beginnings and then, um, 
you know, all the way up to Death of Disco. Yeah, and they're a good and they're a good band to choose because they're not like you know one of the most famous bands of all time, but they do have some of the most famous songs of all time. Yeah, yeah, they write they're they're great songwriters, and a lot of their big hits are are sung by different uh, artists. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think also is, they're also very famous for for fighting with each other. The brothers fought with each other. Barry fought with. Um, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, but Barry fought with. Uh, Maurice. Maurice or Robin. Or Maurice was in the middle or whatever. And then they had the younger brother who died very early on, a young age. Um, yeah. Who's the brother again? What was Andy. His? Andy, right. He had a, he had his own hits in the 70s, and he died of an overdose. <laughs> and so that had to affect the family as well. I'm sure that will play a part in the, in the Well, film. hopefully they bring him up <laughs> at all. I mean... You might get a raw deal. Huh? I don't know. I don't know. I think that's that's probably maybe the 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 crux of the drama of the of the this movie. Yeah. I, you know, I I wouldn't. You know, if it's just about like you know, this is how we came up with Saturday Fever. <laughs> I think that'd be a little bit disappointing. Um, I mean, it's 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 really it's a a, a weird time. The se- I mean, I think the seventies. Maybe I'm I'm saying that it's going to focus in the seventies, but seventies kind of feels like almost a played out era in film. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen so many movies set in the seventies, and and uh, maybe that's going to hurt the film itself because it feels like it'll be it'll feel too familiar or something like that. No, but I think really Scott has a way of filming this where it mm-hmm. doesn't feel so generic i when i mean generic i mean like the way movies like to capture the 70s and i think i you know what i mean what i'm talking about yeah yeah movies like to capture the 70s in a very kind of over the top um way in a very kind of um almost like cartoony way but that's why i specifically kind of mentioned um like you know american gangster earlier Mm -hmm. like really scott doesn't depict stuff like that you know he's not like he's not like david or russell Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's a much different filmmaker and i don't think i don't think he would capture it that way at all okay that's a good point i I also um yeah definitely american gangster it it feels epic you know he always there's epic scope it's not american hustle (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) a it's always an epic scope when we're dealing with his movies even when you're dealing with kind of smaller dramas even like who's gonna play john travolta (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> By the way, he just celebrated his seventieth birthday. Yeah, seventy, and I, I go fuck, man. That guy looks pretty good still for his age. Great. Yeah. yeah, and still and looks great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's still he's still with us. Um, yeah, I'm glad he's still Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know. <laughs> he's still he's probably the best Scientologist out there. <laughs> Because everyone has a good story about it. Uh, yeah. may, well, then there's some really rumors too about it. Too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's talk talking about uh, directors with big scope. Uh, Luc Besant is set to direct a Dracula movie. Mm. He's going to it's going to star Caleb Landra, Landry 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 Jones and Christoph oh, really? Waltz. Yes. And it's going to focus on the early life of the infamous vampire and his relationship with his wife. So Lucas, Luke Besson. Wow, Luke Besson. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's fascinating because he has he hasn't done like anything like this ever, right? 
Yeah, I mean, the last couple of attempts, it was like he went to, he did the science fiction movie that bombed, and he did a kind of action film that didn't make it. He also has faced some uh, allegations, but he seems to weather that storm. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, a vampire movie or a Dracula movie from from him? I don't know. Rich, what, what, what do you think? I mean, you're a big fan of, of Luc Besson. Yeah, I mean... And there, there are other uh, Dracula or vampire films out right now in, in the works. I think, um, what's his name? Uh, Roger, uh, um, uh, the witch. Um, oh, right. Eggers. Oh yeah. Nosferatu. He's doing, Nosferatu yeah. yeah. Robert, Robert Eggers. He's doing the Nosferatu. Eggers, yeah. Nosferatu. That's a kind of a passion project for him. He's been, always been a fan of, no, I think Nosferatu, but also Dracula as the, the myth but this is yeah, a, and we and, and we also we we just got michael's favorite movie of the year um uh night at the meter <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah. sadly it was uh didn't do that well and it wasn't a great movie it was actually <laughs> it had the it's funny because it had the 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 all the elements there just like it didn't didn't fall into place unfortunately I think Lupuson is like he's again like kind of like like a uh, Ridley Scott. He's has his epic scope, so I, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling that this Dracula movie is going to be very is this exaggerated. Because, uh, is this because the rights became free or something like that? Oh, I don't know. Probably, probably, probably that would that would make sense. Mm. In public okay. domain, yeah, I'm sure that helped. Just like those. Uh, Mickey Mouse movies we're getting. <laughs> right. No, I mean uh And uh, we'll have reviews for all of those coming soon. <laughs> no, because it'll, this is a little be this will be a good pairing with Guillermo de Toro's Frankenstein around mm. the same time. Mm. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's yeah. Luke Besson. We'll see we'll see. We'll find out what's uh what he's going Yeah, I like, what, what, I like gotta, uh Cal uh, Landry Jones. I, I think he's a uh, one of those really good fi- uh, actors um Yeah, uh, I, I I he's I think he should play the, I think he should play the Joker in some iteration maybe for james gunn yeah that would be a great uh joker yeah he would be a great joke he is specific specific specifically in this movie that i saw him he he made this movie with um uh one of the uh what's this what's the guy alexander ludwig is it Uh, maybe alexander um michael pena you know what i'm you know what i mean Michael Pena. Is that the military one? No, it's, it's no, it's it's Michael Pena and um oh fuck, what's oh, that dude? War dude's on name? Everyone. Yeah, War on Everyone. What's that dude's name? Uh yeah, Alexander Skarsgård. 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 Okay. Oh, yeah, he's in that um, movie. Oh, you're right, right, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, in that movie, um, Caleb Landry Jones, he plays like this like pedophile dude, <laughs> and he he's so flamboyant in the movie, and he's so creepy and violent. And every time he's on screen, I'm like, this guy should play the Joker. Mm-hmm. He was made for it. He was born for it. But he's so, you know, small and you know not scary at all. <laughs> he he should have played like like Jared Leto's Joker or something like that. But is Barry Keown the the same? That's true, right? Mm-hmm. Barry Keown has got the same that same thing going for him in the in the Robert Pattinson world, but yeah, I mean, I think I think he'd be a great Joker for um for James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Caleb Landry, Landry Jones. He's he's a, there's something un- unpredictable about his performances, and 
it's funny because I don't know how much it differs from the real life and the character. Because to me, I think he's a drug addict or something. You know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just uh, uh, my feelings from his characters. You know, if, if he feels so unpredictable, but yet, you know, he's able he, to. He's start. played a lot of drug addicts before. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what I mean. I mean, you get confused. You kind of. I feel like he is maybe too uh, unpredictable. But then again, maybe in real life, he's just a normal dude. Uh, he always plays like kind of these these crazy characters like a get out or 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 you know uh i don't know he's uh, he's he, heaven knows what was a fucking disturbing performance yeah so and he's gonna be appearing in dogman the um it's not it's not the dogman that you were telling me and rich about right about the guy that <laughs> no. about, the, about no. the, the the secret animal like that hunts people no no that's the like a werewolf <laughs> myth no no this is the new lucas Besson. this is the latest luke Besson movie that's going to come out oh okay so they're he's gonna be working back to back uh, right right he, and then i there was a trailer that came out internationally and it, it has him playing a kind of uh cross-dresser assassin i believe or you know someone who's very uh a dark character uh it's a look it up it's it, it's going to be crazy when that movie comes out officially yeah but with christoph waltz i mean in this film already so it, it's got to be a bigger budget than that yeah, so. oh yeah definitely i think this is he's got probably big uh financing backing back in this dracula movie also, I I, I want to also mention that Caleb Landry Jones was also in Finch, which is a movie that I like. That's the Tom Hanks uh, 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 post-apocalyptic oh, film, oh, yeah. and he's he's the one who plays the robot. He's like the, he did the mm-hmm. the motion capture performance. Yeah, and it's a totally different performance from him. Oh yeah, I forgot about <laughs> that. Yeah, so, and he was also in Three Billboards and also Get yeah. Out, of course. Yeah, he's a great actor. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, this Dracula movie, maybe this Dogman movie that's coming out soon. We'll finally get him some uh, eyeballs, and maybe we'll see him attached to bigger uh, projects. Now, do you think Christoph Waltz is playing a Van Helsing type character? Probably. Other big news, let's see. uh, Gareth Edwards from Rogue One. And uh, recently, uh, what was that movie he just did? Creator, right? The Creator. Yeah. Uh, He's in final negotiations to direct the new Jurassic World movie for Universal Pictures. Now, oh, initially, quick, yeah, initially it was well, this. We we didn't talk about this last week. We talked about yeah. that David Leach was attached to it. Now he officially is off the project. He parted ways with Universal Pictures because they were creative differences. Now, uh, Gareth Edwards is now the new director of this new potential movie or okay. trilogy. Well, I'll say this really quick because I don't have much to say. I think he's a better choice. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> That's all I have to say too. I think uh, this makes a lot more sense than David Leach. Leach is more of an action guy. The Garrett Edwards is, you know, he's known for his special effects, and this is, the, mm-hmm. you know, Jurassic World movies are known for their their effects. So, uh, Rich, what was, what's your thoughts on this this pick? Is it Gareth Edwards who did directed the first Godzilla? Yeah. Okay. And did monsters? Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean. As long as he's got a, a good script from David Cope or Kep or whatever, I think I, I think um, yeah, I think he is. He fills the, the boots um, nicely. And the problem I have with the with creator is that it was the screenplay uh, and John David Washington. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of John David Washington. Um, I still haven't seen finished <laughs> the movie, but also a lot of his movies, like say um, um, 
Oh, uh, Godzilla. He's got a good eye, though. He's got a good eye. He's got a good, like, style about him. He's a good filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Godzilla, I was not impressed by the screenplay in that one either. So, David Cope, you know, he's a veteran. He's, he's, I'm, you know, although his movies hit and miss, but I, I, I do hope that he'll come up with something new. I, I still, I think uh, uh, Garrett Edwards uh, has a great visual eye and that you can see that in Creator. You can see that in Rogue One. You can see all his movies. And I think with Jurassic World, at least the visuals will look fantastic. So that I'll say And that. cheap. He has, cheap. He, he knows how to, well, cause he, I think he has a visual effects background. So he knows mm-hmm. how to shoot these movies in a way that will work in the computer. A lot of directors don't know that. And I think that works in his favor. Um, but speaking of uh, another franchise reboot, Master of the Universe is getting a reboot, and Travis Knight is in final negotiations to direct. Ta- Travis Knight is the guy from uh, the stop uh, motion animator f- of of uh, Locky and Bumblebee. B- Bum- he directed a Bumblebee. The, his, I think that was his first live action film. Uh, but he also directed Kubo and the Six Strings. Mm-hmm. Kubo and the Six Two Strings. strings. Okay. Yeah. Two strings. Two, okay. <laughs> so that. So I we, we don't know about this reboot. It could be an animated movie or it could be a live action. We not know. We don't know yet. But this is the new reboot of He Man, and uh, you know He Man's a great property. Uh, so far, it's only been like kind of rebooted or reimagined in animated form. There was a couple series on Netflix. Uh, Kevin Smith famously had one that a lot of people didn't like. But I mean, it's the, you know, Masters of, the, Masters of the Universe. The last time we seen a live action movie of this was the 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 nineties or the late eighties, universally Dolph panned uh, Dolph London, uh, star that was a complete piece of shit. Uh, I don't know. I guess maybe you. It's a. Uh, it's maybe it's a cult favorite. Maybe because it's so cheesy. But um, what's your thoughts on on the Masters of the Universe coming back in this this new form? Now this one I don't give two shits about <laughs> until they they tell me that Alan Richardson signed up Reacher, Reacher's Alan Richardson. You think he should be the uh, He Man? Is there another choice? <laughs> Chris Hemsworth? Don't I mean, you think? Do you it. think he's uh, uh, Alan Richardson is a little too old though? Yeah, I do. For He Man? Yeah, I I do unfortunately. Um, but but you know what? I I don't care at all. And I think Travis Knight is actually a very fun and kind of creative director that I think can capture the energy and tone that this franchise needs for mm-hmm. the children that grow up with it today. Mm-hmm. Um, am I going to watch it? Uh, realistically, yeah, I'll probably tune in just to just to see what it's about, to see what Travis Knight did. But am I going to continue with the franchise? I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care. I, I never even watched the original cartoon. It's not for me. Um, I'll, if I ever do two in, and it's just more like to see what's done with it visually. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I, I do like the prehistoric fantasy genre. I, I, you know, that was such a staple in the eighties with, with Conan the Barbarian, with, uh, Beastmaster and, uh, you know, the animated movie Fire and Ice. Those were great, uh, source, you know, sword and sorcerer type of genres. They don't do that movies or they don't do those type of, uh, genres anymore particularly in live action uh uh so i don't know if it will work with today's audiences i don't know if people even care about that stuff i i would love to see if i mean 
to me, it feels like more is going to be a more mainstream attempt to to bring back He Man. I would like to see more grittier <laughs> look, but no one no one's going to pay for that. You know, no one's. I mean, finance that. Uh, no one. Want, uh, I would love to see it, but I don't think there's going to be ever a, a gritty He Man version of of that story. But um, yeah, I guess Travis Knight uh, fits the bill for this. Um, hey, I mean, he just work with John Cena. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. If there, you think John Cena is going to be that mad? Well, he's older than Alan Richardson. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it, actually, that makes a lot more sense, I guess, to have John Cena as He Man. <laughs> I don't know that. That if if John Cena gets cast as He Man, that that will say a lot about where this property is going or where this film is going. It's going to be more of a typical mainstream action uh, comedy or adventure of course mm. let's talk about matt damon he has expressed matt hope damon. he has expressed hope that he wants to do another jason borg mo- jason Bourne movie is it too late is he too old should we forget about this project or this this franchise apparently uh they're working on it uh all quiet on the western front director edward berger oh. is attached to direct it but we don't know if Matt Damon is attached, but he says he's willing to 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 uh, work on it. He just he's he just have to hurry up because he's getting too old. Uh, mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on Jason Bourne? Do you want to see another Jason Bourne movie? I don't mind. I mean, unless the, I mean, if it passes it along to somebody, I mean, uh, he could be the uh, Sean Connery to uh, Nicolas Cage and The Rock. You know, <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. I think. he's he's, uh, he's been doing this for a long time. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I don't know. I think Jason Bourne's a little long in the tooth. I think, right? I don't I mean, know if it has the same I mean, weight. With today's te- today's te- technology is going to be a lot easier to find him. <laughs> I think. Well, surprisingly, you know, Jason Bourne, those action films, they're not necessarily pro America. I mean, those. I mean, it was really the, if you look about the first the first movie, or all, actually, all the movies. There really are criticisms of the CIA and their involvement in, in you know, other right, right. And I, I think that goes that goes over people's heads sometimes that it's not necessarily like Rambo or something like that. Um, but it's interesting that that Edward Berger, who you know did a terrific job on all the all quiet on the Western Front, that it was an Oscar nominated yeah. movie. I think he was even nominated, right? He's oh, a yeah. he has a, he is actually a great director. I. It's interesting that he's he's willing he's he's attached to it and he wants to kind of you know bring his uh, his style to this project but um I don't know I don't know I guess that we're kind of that, that's the problem with IP you know we're kind of stuck in this world where everything has to be IP uh-huh. and Jason Byrne is definitely an IP I don't know if I want uh, Damon to back I I think it would be better just to reboot the whole whole film. You want Jeremy Renner back. <laughs> you know like i love renner yeah and i think he's a great actor again i think uh, uh both of those guys are too old and just just it'd be it'd be better just to start with a clean slate and just get another actor and just kind of do just do the born again you know do the first film again start start new just a remake well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the what they're gonna do. Maybe it's gonna be in. Uh, you know, Damon has expressed that he wants to come back. Yeah, I mean, with that director, I wouldn't blame him. No, I mean, if they, if they get the right story, I mean, why not? But I, I really, I really don't see the need. The last one they did, the last one he did with Paul Greengrass was pretty disappointing. It wasn't a bad movie. It was at least better than the Jeremy Renner one. But 
don't know. I'm not. I'm not dying for more of this. Yeah, me either. I, I think we could go past Jason Bourne, although it's probably one of the. I don't know the most. I mean, at least it's a an IP that's in in the 2000s. You know, when we you know we just talked about massive master of the universe. That's an IP that's kind of stuck in the 80s. A lot of that stuff is getting old. You know, uh, a lot of that stuff is uh, getting too too tired and boring. At least Jason Bourne is a kind of a newer IP uh, franchise, mm-hmm. but I still think it's. It, I don't know. It was never. I mean, those movies are kind of very simple. <laughs> you know, there was never complex. And I don't know if you could draw. But they ran as- into the, but they ran into the ground twice. Yeah, it's really just a you know CIA program brainwashing, rogue agents. It's kind of all the typical kind of spy stuff we we have seen. You know, there. It's all been done. Yeah, it's all been done. Uh, I and I think the the only appeal of Jason Bourne was that Matt Damon was able to be this action hero when he's typically kind of was known as an indie actor or just a, you know, a regular actor. That was kind of the appeal to see him do some action stuff. So I don't know who will be the equivalent to today's audience. I mean, I don't know who would do that, but I don't know. I don't know if I want to see another Jason. Bourne. I don't think it, man, did I see the last Jason Bourne movie? Huh? No, I don't think I did. Yeah. So I don't even remember how the last one ended, but I know I watched it. Yeah, let's let's get to our last uh, headline. I thought this was interesting. We're, you know, we're talking about IP. This is something I, I would have never considered it as an IP movie because it's such a cult classic. This came out in the early '80s. As Repo Man, Repo Man, uh, director, original director, writer, director Alex Cox. He is uh, he's out there pitching a Repo Man sequel. It's called Repo Man: The Wages of Beer, and He's going to return to write and direct, and he's going to have a new star uh, to take over uh, Emilio Estevez's character, but it's going to be a direct sequel. Uh, Repo Man. <laughs> Repo Man is a cult favorite of the 80s. It was kind of a, a representation of that 80s L.A. punk scene. It was also part of kind of that L.A. punk film movement of the time. Alex Cox is a British guy, but he was, you know, uh, during the 80s, he was based in Los Angeles. He had a great, he did Sid and Nancy, you know, he had, uh, um, he's a cold, he's a cold director. Um, he hasn't really directed anything in the last, I don't know, or at least I haven't really seen anything he's done in the last 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, this seems like kind of a, some, somewhat of a passion project for him to just come back to do something with the Repo Man. Uh, I don't know. What was what's your thoughts, Rich? Does Repo Man go take you back to the eighties? Actually, I never saw it. <laughs> okay, but I mean, Repo Man is like kind of a movie that it was. Uh, even though you didn't see it, you've seen clips from it. You know, uh, Emilio. Yeah, Estevez. I know it's starring Emilio Estevez. And, and there's there's a glowing uh, trunk that kind of fa- it's very familiar to Pulp Fiction. You know, there was certain scenes in that movie that felt like it in- inspired other filmmakers. Uh, you know, it's a, it's about uh, a misfit who becomes a repo man. And yet there is also side stories about UFOs, aliens, government conspiracies and stuff like that. Uh, Raymond, I mean, have you ever seen repo man? Yeah, I did. I watched it for the first time a couple of years ago. And while I thought it was a pretty good movie, I don't know. While the movies are very different, 
I'd much rather watch something like They Live, John Carpenter's They Live. That's more my style. That's more my speed. Very good film, uh, Repo Man, but do we need a sequel to mm-hmm. it? No. To me, this kind of sounds like when the director of SLC Punk was like, <laughs> I'm going to make a sequel to SLC Punk with the character that died, but guess what? Mm. He didn't really mm. die, and guess what? No one gave a shit. <laughs> and I think SLC Punk is an incredible movie. I love it. I, I picked up the 4K Blu-ray release, which you only get when you get the very expensive Sony box set, but I still bought it just for that movie because I love it, but I still did not watch that shitty sequel. <laughs> Yeah, me and either. that's kind of what I and that's kind of what I get from this. Yeah, I I, uh, I love SLC Punk. Uh, Matthew Leonard was that's probably was I think his best performance in that movie. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and I did not see the sequel. I, uh, as much as I loved the first first movie, I, I the, the sequel did not appeal to me at all. Because don't the, you don't you get the don't you get the same vibe just reading about this movie? Yeah, I know, but I mean, I haven't seen Alex Cox do anything. I wish the best for him. I know he did. I get. I'm looking at his filmography. I guess he did it in in 2009. He did a movie called Repo Chick, which is kind of <laughs> somewhat in the in the in the I guess umbrella of Repo Man. It it it's not. Uh, doesn't look good. I mean, it's, it's. I don't know if it was straight to video or something. Uh, so he, yeah, it seems like he's stuck in this Repo stuff. So this is his MCU, <laughs> the Repo Man. <laughs> uh, but I guess that's. I, the- I, I, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for the man too, but I mean, I just don't think this is the way to go. I think it's actually kind of sad when all these filmmakers from the past kind of just tried to kind of make these, I don't know what what to call them, these these sequels to these movies are decades old. Mm-hmm. Like, it just doesn't really make sense to me. I'm yeah. still waiting on a remake of uh, The Last Starfighter. <laughs> I mean, it's been, it's 40 years this year. So it's, I mean. funny, it's funny, because why... Russell said that he would want to, if they asked him if you want to star in anything, a remake of anything, he said The Last Starfighter. And I go, Get it done. And, but That's I'm saying, one I'm, remake I would love, though. I would love to see a remake of that. But he's yeah. he's not a teenager. <laughs> he's not a teenager. <laughs> so it'll be Centauri. <laughs> okay. he's, uh, he's the music man in that <laughs> No, but I mean, uh, to go back to Alex Cox, I mean, uh, I think you're right. Sometimes it's very hard to get these financing for films. And he's probably always, when, when people talk to him, they always probably ask him about repo man. And you know, he probably has this kind of thought that uh, people just want me to, you know, people want to see a sequel to repo man. Everyone's telling Yeah. Everyone asks, asks me the same question all the time. Yeah. 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 Everybody's <laughs> asked Norman, Norman Reedus for another, uh, was that stupid? Uh, 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 what, what's up? Uh, what movie is that? Roman Me- Norman Reedus, the uh, um, the Walking Dead movie. No, uh, uh, the horrible franchise he's in, the number two, uh, Boondock Saints. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, that kind of that's that's, that's it's very similar to that. You know, like uh, I hear yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's better to keep the quote the cult movie a, a one single single cult movie. But I, I don't, I don't know because the Repo Man, the, the original Repo Man, dealt with a dirty Los Angeles in the eighties. It dealt with UFO and and aliens. Look, those those subject matters is coming up nowadays. Los Angeles has turned into a hellhole <laughs> recently. You know, it's, it's hey, you know what? That's a great point. And UFOs that being and said, aliens, yeah. But that same being said. 
give me they live too <laughs> and it even makes sense because the character dies at the end right so yeah, yeah give mm. us a sequel to they live too bring back john carpenter that's you know no disrespect to you know to, to, Alex, to, cox. to, 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 to Alex cox mm. but john carpenter come on man right i mean uh, let's not make his final movie be the ward Right. John Carpenter uh, did a a series recently for Peacock called American. Oh yeah, no. what was it called? American? It was for um. Was it? Peacock? It wasn't for Peacock. It was for um the uh, the the one minute app. No. Uh, what was it? Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It was uh. It wasn't two B. It was um. What was the one minute app with thirty second videos? Uh yeah. Um, Rich, what was that called? Quib Quibby Quibby. Right, right, Quibby. Yeah. That's what it was for. No, he, recently, like last, I forget what it was. It was called the American. Let me see. Let me look it up. American nightmares. Um, I know that was originally for Quibi. Was it suburban suburban scre- screams? Oh no no that's something else. Never mind. I mean, he might have done something with Quibi, but I'm talking about suburban scre- screams, which is a anthology series where it's basically you know. I don't know, like, I, I was, <laughs> the only reason I watched it was because he directed one episode. I, I saw his episode. What it's, was it? Uh, let me see what he did. Um, oh, that's the one that was during qu- uh, quarantine. Yes. No, no, no. That's, that. <laughs> the story was that he directed this episode at his house because he didn't leave his house. He just did it all remote, remotely with uh, monitors he was and he was able to shoot the the episodes just by in his living room so i go oh, it wasn't like during no that's just because he's lazy <laughs> oh uh, shit he doesn't want to go just, on the set at all so he, i go there's no smoke no smoking policy maybe maybe that's it but he basically he was in his living room in his sweats uh directing this this episode so i go oh that's an interesting idea let me see this episode that he directed at you know remotely at his home, and it's terrible. <laughs> it's 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 god awful. Now maybe the series is god awful, but I mean it was. Um, but was what not, was the plot line? What was the plot line? I can't remember it. Let me let me let me pull it up and see. If it were, uh, jogs my memory. Um, oh, you know what? I think the one I'm thinking of from Quibi. I think it was Sam Raimi. It was called Phone Stalker episode. I think it was the last episode in the series. I only saw his episode. It's an anthology series. It's kind of, I guess it was, I want to say it's based on true stories of of horrible, nightmarish stories about people. Anyway, this woman was, was stalked by this uh, mysterious stalker who would... Um, you know, would appear in her her office building, would call her late at night. It was like very amateur. It was, it it, it it's it was terrible. <laughs> it broke your heart. It broke my heart because I go, you know, if he's able to direct at his home, maybe he's able to direct a movie or something like that. And I go, no, this guy, this guy just doesn't want to leave his house. I, leave him alone. <laughs> don't, don't. He doesn't care. He anymore. doesn't care. No, I mean. I don't know. It was just bad. <laughs> it was bad. It was like very amateur. It's and that's coming from his number one fan. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I would love uh, they do a remake of They Live. I think wasn't Gerard Butler. Oh no, maybe that was Escape from L.A. or Escape from New York. 
but Man, how how awesome would it have been if uh if John Carpenter's like body bags was like a huge success and he just continued doing that like for the rest of his career as like a mini series on Showtime just doing a bunch of like horror shorts with him as the as him as the green, with him as the green reaper <laughs> that would be cool i mean body bags you know we recently talked about how we just watched that during i guess during around halloween I forgot how, that I actually saw the movie because I I did see a uh, back on Showtime or whatever. Yeah, I saw it many years ago. It, 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 when I watched it, I'm like, oh shit! I did I did actually remember this. I I, I totally forgot about it. But anyway, uh, um, it was pretty cool. I mean, it's a, it's a, a throwback. I mean, it was a, it's it was it was released in the '90s, so it has that '90s uh, flair. And um, yeah, it would have been very cool to see him continue that that series or i mean it was just a movie maybe a potential maybe it was a pilot or something but um yeah it's unfortunate i mean i think he's gotten too old and maybe doesn't really care anymore about directing and every time you you hear yeah i mean he's much more interested in in his music you know he he does tours with his music and or just talking about movies in general yeah every time i I read an interview with him he always says like "I, i don't really care about movies he's much more He's he's surprisingly he's a video game addict. He loves playing <laughs> video games. He always talks about video games. He's always talks about his older movies because that's what people ask him about. But I never hear, hear him talk about how you know he's still kind of fascinated with modern films or you know something that he just recently saw. You know he never really talks about new movies. It's all about just like yeah, hey, uh, I this is what I did back then. I mean, just let him you know retire and peacefully and you know he's he's more of a rocker right now and and then 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 kind of a horror filmmaker but uh and he's still he loves collecting those checks like he says as long as they pay me they could remake whatever you know <laughs> it's, he's he's a lovable cynical guy <laughs> but uh i guess that's it uh for this episode of inside flicks well let me just to throw in a couple things um that's in uh, that i noticed interesting okay all right um that we talked about earlier. Okay. Um, I just want to promote that Resident Evil. I'm, I'm sorry, not Resident Evil. Resident Alien, the sci-fi series that we raved about, is started up again, and it's it, it's great. The first episode, uh, season three, is now on YouTube, but the past seasons are now on Netflix. Yeah. So that's worth a watch. Now, also, if you're thinking about picking up uh, the, the, the three Blu-rays of uh, James Cameron's uh, classic films, Aliens, True Lies, and The Abyss in a couple weeks of the 4K Blu-rays. And if, of course, you must have seen Aliens and, uh, and True Lies. But if you missed Abyss and you haven't never seen it, it is now available on Hulu in 4K. And so it's the updated version. Do not go any, any plus, anywhere else else but a bit, um, on Hulu because they're... That at the past they were streaming shitty copies of Abyss where it was it will go where it was um cropped yeah yeah it was cropped it was cropped the full screen full and it's 4K I mean it was like 4K yeah the restored version of it and it's worth the watch either either version but I'm not sure which one it is but uh, you'll begin there's two versions of it on the 4K puzzle but if you haven't seen it it's worth the watch and uh, uh, me and Rich recently saw American Fiction which is a very good movie. 
Yes. We liked it a lot. It's a great performance by Jeffrey Wright, who is uh, Oscar nominated. Uh, Sterling K. Brown is also nominated, and he did a good job as well. I I, I was shocked that it was actually it was kind of a low key performance, I, even though there there's moments of flashes, you know, like Oscar worthy moments. But uh, I was actually quite shocked that he was nominated for or the the. It reminds me of performances that the Academy would overlook, you know, most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I was shocked that he actually got nominated. But he did a good job. I like the movie. It was pretty decent. It's, uh, you know, it's about a, a professor who, who, a black professor who, he gets uh, labeled a black writer and he kind of fights against that label. And mm-hmm. it really talks about kind of the marketplace of black story line, story, storytelling. And I thought it was an interesting conversation, and I think uh, uh, it, it was making jabs at the current conditions of, of uh, certainly in the, the literary world, but I think that could ap- apply to the movie world as well. I thought it was pretty interesting. And, and, and secretly, it's also a, a, just a, a story about a family dealing with some issues as well. So I think that w- that part was actually the, the best thing about the movie, where Jeffrey Wright has to take care of his family, he finds himself in a financial situation where he has to sell out is essentially, you know, or he has has to grapple with the idea of selling out to order to provide for his family. I thought that was all great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Raymond, you, you said you saw some recent, uh, uh, old movies. What was, what was some of them? The, Oh, you said the Hellboy, you went back to see Hellboy. I went back to watch Hellboy and the movie still kicks ass. <laughs> but but the thing is I rewatched a bunch of movies also recently that I had a lot to talk about and I don't remember what they were. <laughs> well, quickly tell talk about how Hellboy kicks ass and still kicks ass and 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 cuz recently you you got an autograph from Ron Perlman in in, in the I forgot which convention in a couple of weeks ago, but I, I, I creepy con and creepy last con. year I and, and last year I got to meet Doug Jones and I got the same poster autographed by him so mm. it's pretty cool because now I got you know the, the 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 two main characters on on the on there and um, Wh- which one which movie you love more Hellboy one or Hellboy two Hellboy two but I rewatched Hellboy one mm-hmm. Hellboy one has like one of the great openings of all time. I, I love that opening with the Nazis trying to uh, conjure up. Um, uh, I forget the Russian guy. Um, yeah, that whole that whole opening is so freaking awesome, man! It's mm-hmm. so well done, and and it, and it manages to, manages to somehow still have that Guillermo heart, you know, when we when we see Baby Hellboy with um, oh yeah 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 uh, with the 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 great um, uh, Baby Ruth scene. <laughs> <laughs> But and then and then it it makes you think about the 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 um <laughs> what was the name uh, uh, Richard's favorite actor from Stranger Things? Oh, David Harbor. Uh, uh, <laughs> it makes you think of the it makes you think of the David Harbor version when they recreated that scene, the whole Nazi scene, and instead we get the the um that's the cameo from his hero, his comic book hero, played by Thomas Hayden Church. <laughs> you guys ever watch that movie? The Hellboy remake. Yeah, yeah, we saw the Hellboy remake. It's awful, right? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I mean, I think we talked about this about how much it. There were some parts of it. I mean, it, it was much more of a kind of a metal, heavy metal cover band, you know, like yeah, version yeah, of yeah. heavy metal. I mean, of Hellboy. Yeah, it, it felt it felt like an Iron Maiden album cover. Or yeah, something yeah, like that. yeah. 
But, the but I mean the mo- but the movie was just so shit. Mm-hmm. And and then when you compare then when you compare certain scenes that that movie did compared to scenes from that original movie because there were scenes that were like because that that movie that original Hellboy scene they had that whole Nazi stuff, mm-hmm. but that um the David Harbor one had featured all of that too, but it was handled so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and just rewatching that original mm-hmm. Hellboy movie because it's been such a long time since I had seen it, I just forgot just how awesome it is and how great it is. And even though I don't think the movie is quite as good as the sequel, it's still so freaking badass and 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 still metal. Oh, you lost him? Yeah, I think I got cut off. Yeah, you right? got. Cut I think off. I got cut off. Right? Yeah, yeah. metal. It's still metal. What? Yeah, the movie's still metal and still manages to kick all this ass after all these years while still being very sentimental and have a hard, lot of heart and yeah. have a lot of consistent laughs throughout. I was laughing so much throughout that movie at Ron Perlman's performance. He is hilarious in that movie. Mm. Yeah, there was a And one, it has a lot of heart. Yeah, there's one scene I remember Ron Perlman when he, you know, because he's working with um, prosthetics, right? It's very difficult to yeah. act through that. But there's, you know, there's a scene where he kind of talks about his face, you know, very poignant a, scene. A lot of scenes. <laughs> <laughs> but the scenes where he goes like, uh, 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 the scenes where he's talking to Selma Blair's character and in like, you know, he's talking about, and the way he uses his hands to, it's almost like a, like a silent actor, you know, like a silent uh, film star. Like it, it really touches you when he, with the, with his, the way he is able to just to, to act with hands movements. Uh, and and uh, his voice, you know, his he has one of the great voices in 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 Hollywood, you know. Well, let's not forget that he yeah, played the Beast, Beast. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very very uh um uh, uh used to prosthetics. You know, I mean, I mean, his whole career really. I mean, he was uh in he was was he in uh, um the great movie uh, um Doctor Moreau, the Island of Doctor Moreau. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> He was also in that great movie Transformers, right? <laughs> Which one was it? Was it was it the recent one? Was yeah, it the most recent the, one? Yeah. The Beast, The Rise of the Beast, or whatever. Yeah, give so, it up. <laughs> but you know, when I think of Hellboy, I think of, of that time of 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 going to comic conventions, and it's such a much more pleasurable time to think about compared to nowadays. How the mm-hmm. fandom was actually very pure and innocent, and now and we, the, the autographs were like. 50 bucks max. <laughs> <laughs> but nowadays, that same fandom has really kind of gotten corrosive yeah. and dirty and, and divisive. And I don't know. It's like you, you think of Hellboy, you think of like the original X-Men movies. Those well, were innocent hey, hey, times. Hey, well, really quick. Now that we're on this topic, let me talk about my experience at CreepyCon because I don't think I ever really got to tell you guys about this. Okay. But when I went to go uh, see Cre- when I went to CreepyCon, I specifically went because I wanted to meet Ron Perlman. I wanted to get him on my Hellboy poster, but I also wanted to meet Nev Campbell and I wanted to meet uh, David Arquette because I already have a bunch of Scream cast members on my Scream poster, and I wanted to get you know them too because they're the last two that I needed, and they're really the main two actors of the franchise, mm-hmm. right? So I wanted to get them. So I go to the autograph section. And I walk in, I see Ron Perlman's line, it's completely empty. And uh and I'm like, okay, his line's short. I'll go I'm gonna go straight to the screen people because you know that's a long line. Mm-hmm. I go to Nev Campbell's line 
And then a security guard starts yelling at me and tells me to get the hell out. And he starts pulling me, like yanking me out. I'm like, wait, what, what happened? What, what's going on? And he's like, I'm like, did I cut somebody? I didn't mean to cut if I did. And he's like, no, everything's completely full. We're not letting people inside the room. Everyone needs to get out. And they started throwing everyone out outside of the autograph room. Even people that had like, you know, like no lines and stuff like. Oh, wow. Yeah. So because the, because the screen people, there was so they they filled up the whole entire room with their lines that there was just no more space for anybody else. Mm-hmm. So everybody got had to get everybody got kicked out. And then they started forming a line to get inside the autograph room, which wrapped around the entire convention center. No matter who you're, you're... no matter who, no matter oh, who that sucks. Yeah. And uh, a bunch of people that were in there, like, um, I was able to meet like the entire cast of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Cause that, those were some of the other people I wanted to meet. Cause that's my favorite horror movie of all time. Mm-hmm. And most of the cast members of that movie are unfortunately dying. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted, I wanted to meet them and they weren't in the autograph section. They had them over by the vendors. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was able to meet all of them really quick and um, little by little different cast members that were in the main autograph section were starting to come out and hang out with them. Like Caroline Williams from Scream 2 or from not Scream 2 from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. She came out and started doing autographs with them. The actor um, Gunnar Hansen, I think his name is uh, the, or not, not, not Gunnar Hansen. I forgot. I, Gunnar Hansen's the, original Leatherface. The actor that played Leatherface in the in the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he came out and started doing autographs out with the vendors because people couldn't get in. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I see. Yeah. Yeah, so um, like, it was a complete mess. They had to basically like cap off the entire Scream autograph section so other people could get inside. And I wasn't even able to get in to meet de- uh, to meet uh Robin Perlman until like three in the afternoon. I got there at nine a.m. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's stupid. I mean, I mean, by now they have to have tickets. I mean, it was you would you would think yeah. Yeah. At, at at I went to a convention in November, right? And the main reason I went to the convention in November was because I wanted to meet um Mark Hamill and Ewan McGregor, right? Mm-hmm. And those are the biggest people that were there. The, all the big actors like them, they gave them their own floor. You know what I mean? They had their own floor. So it made everything much more simple. Everyone else, you know, the way they handled everything at this convention at at CreepyCon was just a complete disaster because they could put the big, big actors with all the little actors. Right. And everything was a complete disaster. Eventually, they had police that showed up to do crowd control because people got violent. Oh, wow. Wow. Interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, if it... Well, it, it, that's the that's the, it, the horrible thing we've been about using tickets. You've been, we've been using they've been we've been using tickets since the since the nineties. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, when when you see a crowd uh, uh, getting that big, you got to deploy tickets. I mean, until all right, we got one through fifty. You're available now. R- Come back in about an hour or uh, whatever. We'll, we'll, they they behind. tried they tried to do that early on, but the people everyone was so misinformed. There was so much mis- misinformation going around that. It was all a mess. You you can you can imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the problem with like when these conventions become so popular that they don't have the ability to manage it. And what happens is that you know chaos erupts, and um, that's you know that's the product of of when these. I mean, it's it's so it's the big business. You know, these these convention horror conventions. 
Was it raining that time too? It was, but it was indoors the whole time. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. Yeah. So it was, it really feels like the, a screw up from management from, from CreepyCon. Yes, absolutely. Cause like the, they need you, a, you went last year and it, it seemed fine. Yeah, but right? last, last year I, 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 well, the first year that I went last year, they did it twice. Mm-hmm. The first year that I went, it was kind of a mess specifically because of the screen people. I only got to meet Matthew Lillard and I waited over four hours to meet him. But, um, the second time, I was like, okay, I know the first time was a disaster, so I'm going to make sure to do things right. And I got VIP tickets. So I got there like very, very early. I think I got there at 8 a.m. I was, I was one of the, I was one of the first people to go inside. And then, um, you know, I was able to do everything I wanted, everything I needed to do. I got done in one day, but that was with the VIP pass. The VIP pass people get one hour early entry. And because of that, I was able to, you know, make it a successful convention this time the vip passes sold out like super quick <laughs> i wasn't able to get it i just got a regular admission mm. so i showed up at the time as everyone else did i waited hours and hours to get in and then when i eventually did you know they the whole autograph section was like completely shut off i should have just gone straight to ron perlman but <laughs> yeah. but i was like oh no i'm going i'm going i'm going to nev campbell she was the main reason i came here <laughs> I didn't end up getting any of them, just Ron. But it's oh. all right though, because I, I spent too much money, and I shouldn't have spent money. I spent that, like that was five hundred bucks. That was also the same time where they had uh, Sons of Anarchy, right? That was the big reunion in, in that mm-hmm. that convention. Yeah, that one they need to learn the lesson that the other conventions do, and all of the big, big, big celebrities need to have their own room. Yeah, keep it separate. You know what I mean? It's so interesting that these horror conventions are, are, are so popular that they're able to do it twice or three, maybe three times a year. Yeah. And so they have to learn their lessons and, and pay some kind of management and find out what the hell's going on because that's terrible. I mean, yeah, having police show up, what a disaster, right? <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's uh, Raymond's Adventures, Co- uh, comic uh, uh, conventions con- adventures. They're uh, telling us about some of the things that he has. Horror convention. Horror conventions. I, I think my next convention will probably be um Monster Palooza. When's that? When, when's May. that? May. May. <laughs> May. Cool. Now, when you finally saw uh, Ron Perlman, uh, how was he? He seemed miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every every picture that he took with people, I looked at other people's pictures too. He he had the same face. He looked so tired. He looked like he did not give a shit. <laughs> he did not want to talk to people. He did not want to answer questions. I'm sure the fact that with, you know, everything that happened that day with the autograph section being closed off and him having like no line all day probably didn't help things. Yeah. You know, he was probably pretty angry, <laughs> but I mean, he was nice enough for, for somebody that was clearly having a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, it probably was very similar to Dakota Fanning in Madam's Web, <laughs> the same person. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you could tell that she's having a bad day, but she's trying to get, she's trying to have a nice performance in this in that movie. Um, or I thought you were talking about her her press tour. <laughs> that probably, it's probably that too. I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that that's it. That's it for this episode of Inside Flicks. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, and we'll talk about other headlines and box office, and maybe we'll uh, catch up with some uh, movies that we 
uh, recently watched. All right. Thank you, everybody, and take care.